Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science are both telling us that we are literally all connected, that we are all one. And when mankind awakens to this truth, there will be peace on earth. Today's topic is Divine Love Healing with author Sam Shelley. Sam is the author of Don't Dwell. Um, Sam, welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Carolyn, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Thank you. I'm very honored that you are on the show with us tonight. I feel a connection with you on so many levels. Um, Can you share with our audience um, your amazing story of healing and go into as much detail as you'd like to share with us where where it began for you, um, your healing process? Okay, I can share, share my story. Well, my story began pretty rough. When I was six years old, I was run over by a truck that nearly took my life. And from that state, after I recovered from that, naturally my parents were in a state of worry and they became ever-protective. And I was even worried about myself that something else was going to go wrong since I nearly died from that. Well, all this constant worrying led to mental issues through high school. Then when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed as a bipolar because I got very suicidal had to be hospitalized a few times because of it. So life continued onward after I recovered from the, you know, got some stability with the bipolar through, through medicine, but it took five years to get it correct and a couple of hospital stays. Then after the bipolar, then I came down with some other things like psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and migraines. Then when I was 37 years old, I found myself back in the hospital because I was unable to walk, could barely see, had problems swallowing, this a lot of difficulties. After a month in the hospital testing me for all these various things, they just concluded that I had multiple sclerosis. There's no, like, one single test for MS. It's a process of exclusion. So they excluded mm-hmm. everything and determined I had it, multiple sclerosis. Then I spent about another month in rehab. Then after I got home, it took about six months to get from my walker to a cane. So then I was getting around with my cane to about, let's see, about five years ago I was using my cane. And then things changed for me. And this is really odd. So I just had a lot of pain, a lot of suffering throughout my whole life. So I was curious. I was always in this state of worry, like what else is going to go wrong? Because by the time I'm, before I'm even 40 years old, I, I can't walk properly. I can't think properly. It's bipolar. So I was just a real mess health-wise. So being a couch potato, I watched a lot of TV. Then one of the TV shows I watched was a ghost hunting show. I'm like, oh, this is, is this real or fake? I don't know. It's TV. So there was a ghost hunt in the city of Philadelphia. He was like, I can push myself to go to this for an hour. That was a big ordeal. Even for an hour, I would have to have my cooling packs because multiple sclerosis, you get very impacted by the heat. So I had to take my cooling packs with me. I had my cane, and I had to get a hotel nearby because there's no way I could drive afterwards because I'd be just too drained. So when I was at this paranormal event at Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia, I had flashlights going on and off by themselves by command. So there's a flashlight. You say, turn this flashlight on. 
the flashlight would come on, turn this flashlight off, and the flashlight would go off. Like, well, isn't this curious? So I put out my flashlight being a skeptic, and my flashlight was doing the same thing, so I know it was not rigged. Then I can't mm-hmm. explain it. It was like somebody I couldn't see sat right next to me. Like, okay, so there is something to this paranormal world. So then I started to read some books, just trying to figure out what I went through or what I experienced. And one of these books talked about meditation. And one of the benefits of meditation was inner peace. And I instantly knew right then that I needed inner peace. So I began a practice that night, just simple five-minute practice of just sitting there. So I had the simple practice going. For the first two weeks, it was absolutely brutal. Because I might have this whole to-do list that I was wasting my time, that I didn't deserve time to myself. All these really troubling thoughts would come up during this meditation. So after like my third week, it became it started to become a habit. I started to enjoy it, but I was constantly determined to do my practice each day because for some reason I just knew without a doubt that meditation would bring me inner peace. So that was my trigger to keep going. So I kept going, going. <clears throat> And by the third month, I was 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening, with some journaling after the meditation. So one evening after my evening meditation, I was just sitting there getting ready to journal. Then I heard a voice say, perfect spirit. Then I had an instant realization, that's it. Spirit is perfect. It's simply the body and mind that are damaged. Then I simply had a deep, deep knowing that all was well and all sense of fear just went away, especially all the fear about my health was just gone. I simply knew that all my health challenges were over that day. But then I spent the next 18 months just tapering off all the medications because I was on 13 medications. I was taking 24 pills a day. So it took me 18 months to wean off all of that. Then I just saw my, my intuitive voice was very loud at this point when I heard that voice, and the mind became very quiet. If it was started to get noisy, I just realized that I had thoughts, but I was not my thoughts. I was a perfect spirit. These thoughts are just noise, just nonsense, and they're usually creating trouble. For me, they were creating trouble that you're not worthy, and I get suicidal, and it was not a fun, fun adventure. So after six months, after um, after that shift, it took me 18 months to get up all the medication. Then I had the intuition to go do yoga. So I was doing a traditional gym at that time, like lifting weights and things of that nature. But the problem with the weightlifting, it was causing muscle spasms. So it was very hard on me to gym. So I quit the gym and joined the yoga studio. I was real comical in the beginning of the yoga. My balance was so terrible, but six months later, I didn't need my cane anymore. So yoga made a huge difference to recover the body. And I still continued to taper the medicines off. And I had some other awakening-type experiences besides hearing perfect spirit. I went through some other awakenings, like a, a full kundalini awakening. And kundalini is this life force energy within us that usually is dormant in everyone at the base of the spine. Well, for me, it fully awakened. And that lasted for like 14 months. And when this was going on, I really felt like I was being constantly struck by lightning, constantly on fire, just constant rewiring. I felt like I was aggressively being rewired. That's the best way to explain it. Then after yoga one day, I was in an inversion. That means my feet were in the air. Then I can't explain just this weird energy just was leaving through my feet. I just felt lighter after the class and didn't think anything of it. But the next morning, I woke up and I was one with everything. Wherever I looked, I was that. As they say in the Buddhist tradition, you're, you're one with the 10,000 things. But the thing is, I never had a teacher going through all of this. It was just following my intuition. Afterwards, like after I heard that voice say perfect spirit, I started to look around like, what's this thing that I'm experiencing? I'm just here now. I'm not in the world of thoughts. I'm not worried about yesterday or guessing what tomorrow is. I'm just here in this moment. So there's a new reality for me, not being in the mind that troubling mind of mine. It was just very quiet. So I went through that, and then really, I really started to get some clarity of like really what I went through when I, read my, when I wrote my book. Because the whole time I was just going through this, I didn't really know what I was doing until I started to write my book the following year and just start to really 
figure out what happened to me and what I did and what were my processes. And this is how my book, I Don't Dwell, came to be, was just writing all the processes that I did. And the biggest one was, I deserve time to myself. My mantra for five minutes a day, I deserve to disconnect from the world and just sit there and do nothing. But just be aware of, like, where are my feet on the ground? I didn't know anything about breathing and postures, nothing. I just knew to sit there and just come back to my body. Uh-huh. So that's basically that my a- story in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's a wonderful story. Um, like I said, I, I feel like I connect with you on so many different levels. Um, with me, um, the only physical ailment that I ever had was at one time I had severe migraines. Um, and I would get severe migraines for days at a time um, mm-hmm. for several years. I mean, for days at a time, like twice a month for several years. Mm. I never did take um, medication for it, but I literally cured myself of migraines when I started to meditate. I tell people this mm-hmm. all the time. I, when I, I mean, I think after a week of meditation, I did not have another migraine, and this is at least five or six years ago was the last time I had a migraine headache, and they were very severe. Mm. I would be in the bed for three days with migraine headache, and um, I tell people all the time, I cured myself of migraine headaches just by meditating, and so I, I really relate to what you're saying there. But the other area where I relate to you is the MS. My daughter was diagnosed with MS um, when she was 23. She's now 34, so that was 11 years ago. My daughter um, was um, um, diagnosed, and she is currently, she can use a walker, but really, basically, right now, she's pretty much wheelchair-bound. And so how I discovered, how I found out about you and your book was a young man by the name of Danny um, had your book in his hand, and I got to talking to him, and I told him about my daughter's MS, and he's like, I know someone who cured themselves of MS. And I was like, oh, you got to give me names. <laughs> you got to give me the information um, because I need to, to get in contact with this person. And shortly after that, I connected with you on Facebook, and we became Facebook friends ever since. But um, I, so I say that's why I feel like I connect with you on so many different levels. The migraines for me, the MS for my daughter, and also I just recently found out that my do- daughter is also um, diagnosed bipolar. So she has two of the ailments that you had and that you are now recovered from. So um, I just, I'm just so honored that you came on the show and um, just would love to connect you and my daughter so she can hear your story and, and be inspired to, to grow from that. Um, I do, I talk to her all the time, but, you know, sometimes parents and children, they don't hear a, a parent, even if she's an adult, she's not a child, but uh, sometimes uh, you don't hear it, it as well from a parent as you do someone else, especially mm-hmm. someone that has been through it. See, another reason she will hear it, I believe she'll hear it from you more than me, is because you've been through what she's going through right now. So that that is just so amazing. And, like, all the things you're talking about, about being still, clearing the mind, being in, in the moment, I find has worked for me in so many ways. So you, so tell us more about the book and and um, how a person can get in contact with you and get a copy of the book. Yeah, well, I want to go back to your story a little bit. There's a lot of good information okay. there. The thing mm-hmm. is that when I began meditation, I had no concepts of the of the health benefits. My strict focus mm. was inner peace. If I was focused on health. It would have never worked. It was too big of a step. So I did work on these little small steps, which was this inner peace. And the way I see it was that just this determination just to do the practice is what triggered, you know, the, the quieting of the mind. And when I heard that voice, perfect spirit, 
That was grace. That was the divine love that came through, reminding me right. that I am always loved, and this is the, the grace of God, if you will. It just right. comes down and just reassures you that you are supported. So this is what I do now when I when I did my healing sessions. It was just given to me this past fall. was like, you're now ready to give out this divine love, this grace. So it's a rather odd experience when I do this divine love healing I pretty much just become a conduit, and all these mm-hmm. divine beings just work through me, which is rather an interesting experience because people are like, what did you say here? What did you say here? I have no idea what I'm saying or what I'm doing because I'm just like dancing around a room or something. It's just right. I just let myself go and just be this conduit. But the thing is, you have to take these small steps to say, I right. deserve this time to myself, these little small little things. And I've been there with the world of migraines. That was not fun. I would have two or three bad migraines a week. And this was before, even before Imitrex came out. So I used to get neck injections, the, the nerve blocks. That was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I've been, but yeah, so I've been through quite a bit. But that's the whole thing I tell people is, you know, if you just take these small steps, we don't know what's going to happen. But we don't worry about this huge end goal. Just worry about the little things that you can do today. Exactly. What can you do today that will make a difference? It could be just taking that two minutes for yourself or three or four or maybe even five. It's just whatever you're comfortable with. This is disconnect. And the thing with thoughts is when you say clear thoughts, people misinterpret that too. Like there are no thoughts. The thoughts are still here in my head. I just no longer mm-hmm. believe them. I no longer react or respond to these thoughts. That's what was one of my misconceptions when I began meditation. Oh, my thoughts will stop. No. If you if your thoughts stop, you're probably dead. The brain's always <laughs> thinking. Right. So you have to realize mm-hmm. it's all about how we react to these thoughts. And that's where I really help people to see, is your thoughts the absolute truth? Or if it's only true from a limited perspective, then why are you taking it so, so wholeheartedly that it's the way? And most of those thoughts are troubling that you're not enough. You're not worthy. You're not deserving of the good things of life. Like, it's a re- they're really troubling, these thoughts. They cause problems. So my book is I Don't Dwell. It's, like, available on, like, Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's on Smashwords. I'm working with some stores now to actually get it into stores. And I'm doing mm-hmm. a book signing in Quakertown and at Wanderer at the Q Mart in Quakertown at the end of the month. So it's uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. So that's the 30th. Mm-hmm. I'll be in Quakertown doing a book signing. And I'm doing three meetups in the Philadelphia area, and I do get around. And my mm-hmm. website is don'tdwell.org, and people can just reach me there. And I talk to everyone because I want to see everyone stopping their pain. Right. For some, the pain is just stress, just the worry, like, am I going to pay my bills today? Yeah, uh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's right. Any kind of scenario, we can help with with that mindset because the mind's always guessing. Like, what happens? What if? What if? The mind loves to play the what if game. Well, what happens if you were just staying here in this moment and just for a little small step that you could do right now? What happens if you just stopped, paused, and just got yourself back into this moment? And the amazing thing that really happens when you don't believe that your mind chatters so much, you get to hear your intuitive voice more, your perfect spirit. Everyone has a perfect spirit within, but the mind chatter blocks it. It creates a veil. So I really like to help people hear the intuitive voice because there's a path mm-hmm. for everyone. The path for me will not be the exact path for you. Maybe one or two exactly. of my practices will work for you. But, like, I've worked with people from, like, all over, and I just find out where they are, and I use that. So it could be, like, watching football. It could be anything. It could be gardening. It could just be taking walks. Anything can be turned into a practice to get you out of the mind. Because when they're mm-hmm. on nature walks, they're just dwelling about the day. They're not really enjoying nature. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I love nature, and that that's that's where I meditate the best. I go to a lake, I sit by the water, and I am so like <laughs> uh, I'm just my spirit feels so free when I'm sitting by the lake. Um, so that's where I like to go to meditate. The most, but I understand what you're saying. Every it is different for everybody. Um, I understand that that what um, your journey 
my journey, everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different. Um, and certain authors and certain um, speakers will speak to others as far as they will hear it, and um, others they don't hear. So that's kind of why I said I, I'm hoping that when you get an opportunity to speak with my daughter, she'll she'll hear you um, because, um, first of all, she'll hear you because you, you're going through what she's gone through. When I speak to her in her mind, well, Ma, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, you don't have MS. You, you're not bipolar. So you're, you don't connect with me. But she'll be able to connect better with you because you've, you're going through, you've gone through what, what she's going through right now. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with you that everybody does find something that works. And it's also, like you said, small steps. Take baby steps, small steps. Um, change your thoughts, you change your life. Um, I really believe that's so true. Um, and trying to get people to more, focus more on positive thoughts and not the negative, defeating thoughts like, I'm not worthy or I'm no good or nothing works out for me. So, I mean, so many people have those thoughts that run through their head constantly. And to try to just kind of get away from those thoughts and even have, find a mantra that works for them, like you had a mantra that worked for you, you deserve, you know, your time. So whatever mantra works for you, I like, for me, just one word, I like the word peace. So when, I'm, mm-hmm. when I meditate, I like to just think of the word peace, you know, and just repeat that over in my, in my breathing. I breathe in peace and breathe out peace. So I think of, of different um, one-word mantras that will help me. Um, like you said, your, your mind is always um, thinking, but you don't have to engage in those thoughts. You can say, okay, and you can let the thoughts go and not, even, not beat up yourself for having the thought. Just say, okay, there's a thought, let it go, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, um, just let it go. Yes, yes. So, but the, like you said, when I started meditating, um, I think I just started meditating to, because um, I, I, to, like you said, to find inner peace for me. That was the goal. I did not have any clue that it would actually cure my migraines. So I didn't start meditating with the goal of curing my migraines. It was, like you said, to find inner peace, and that uh, the. Uh, curing the migraines was a side effect <laughs> of the medication. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I never, uh, I used to take Excedrin migraine. That was the most I would take for it. But it, I, get, I got to a point, the migraines got so bad that Excedrin migraine was doing nothing for it. And I, I didn't want to go on a prescription drug. I just, I didn't, you know, if, if they didn't uh, cure themselves, I would just wait them out. I said, usually they took about three days. I stay in the bed for three days, turn off the phone, you know, just disengage from the world for three days um, until they, I waited them out. I would wait them out. But that was happening twice a month. About, so that's six days of the month. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. uh, not living my life. I was suffering with migraines. But uh, and that was I I can say that was so many years ago that was at least six years ago I have not had a migraine since so um, I, and I tell people that all the time when when I, people tell me they have migraines I was like I cured it with meditation and uh, I don't I think sometimes people don't believe me you know but it's 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 the truth um, quieting our mind and and like you said just doing it little, do what you feel comfortable doing as much as, and take baby steps. Um, Mm -hmm. As it says in the Tao, uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. You know, by taking the first step and by trying to change our thoughts to more positive thoughts little by little, I think is is a wonderful way of doing it. Um, so I know that you said that you um, also like to give speak, speaking engagements. You, you go around speaking. Um, 
Do you have? I know you said you have a book signing coming up in next week on the thirtieth. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any speaking engagements coming up? Um, not in the immediate future. Uh, okay. I just did my I did my healing circle yesterday, but with, with mm-hmm. the way I position myself is I don't even like to tell people to use positive thoughts. I want people mm-hmm. to let go of all thoughts because thoughts are just temporary; they're not really you. And some people mm-hmm. just get into the place of always chasing positive thoughts, and that's just keeping the mind engaged. They just need to let go of all the thoughts and just take the ones that serve you, and the ones that serve you are the positive thoughts. So you sort of mm-hmm. cling to those, but you don't want to cling too hard and just see that I'm happy right now, but this is, this, is, this moment's also fleeting. So if when we're sad, that we're only sad for a little bit, and when we're happy, that's only for a little bit, unless you get right. to a place where you just see the the thoughts and you can just be happy all the time. And people just look at me and, and just see how happy I am. And I am fortunate that I went through so many, so much pain, so much suffering, and came right. out of all of that, that, it is possible for anyone. You just never know what's going to happen. You just mm-hmm. put the work in, these little steps, and just put that little work in. I'm just trying to see where right. I want to go here with this conversation, but it's just this, well, it's, take this you know piece, this time for yourself. What you were just saying about um, the being thankful for, and it sounds odd um, to be thankful for the pain because, to be thankful for what you went through because what you went through brought you to where you are right now. So um, um, I use the the uh, saying from the Bible um, a lot: the the um, to be um, thankful for the pain that the um, oh the the Bible verse just went from my head. I use it a lot. <laughs> it's just and I just forgot um, joy to be thankful thankful for the joy and the pain, basically, because um, that's where the joy comes from is, you know, we have to experience the pain to be able to be thankful for the joy. So there has to actually be some thankfulness for what we went through. And that it it takes, I think, that takes a little um, bit of uh, spiritual maturity to see, to be thankful for the pain. So that that is um, that's kind of where you're at right now. Even um, a lot of my friends are talking about Mercury retrograde right now. We're in Mercury retrograde. I do not follow the stars or the planets, but I do believe that we're connected. We're all connected. So the planetary movement does affect us. Um, and I wrote in my thank my appreciation appreciation journal just the other day. Thank you for Mercury retrograde, because I realize I have to be thankful for what is. So if we're in Mercury retrograde right now, okay, I'm thankful for it. Because whatever I'm experiencing, I believe it's for my highest good. So um, that's kind of what where my thought pattern always lies. But then I also remind myself it's okay to cry. You know, it's okay mm-hmm. to feel sad now, now and then. Again, because it's not good to hold it in. If you feel like crying, cry and release it, you know, and that's a cleansing. So when I I, I recently lost my son, and I know you recently lost your your father just a few months ago. So when I think about my son, which I was doing a lot this past Saturday, I cry. And um, but then I say to myself, the crying is just an expression of my love for him. So I don't think of it as a negative. I think of it as a positive, and I cry when I feel like I need to cry and release it and let it go. And then try to rem- I, I always try to remind myself moment to moment, not day to day, but moment to moment of what is real. What is real for me is that we are all divine light. We are all spirit. There is no, I don't believe in death. I believe in only eternal life. So knowing that there is eternal life and that my son is not really gone anywhere, he's still connected, he's still um, connected to me, I know he's still with me, um, I have to focus on that, not think of, I, I do miss his physical presence, um, you know, but I, un, I understand that it, 
whatever happens is for my highest good, and it was his soul's choice to leave because mm-hmm. I believe our soul, before we're born, choose, chooses when to come into this incarnation, and our soul chooses when to leave. And it's it's not, um, you know, we should, we, um, from our human conscious, yes, we miss those the people when they're gone, but we also have to celebrate their life and celebrate that they've moved on and that we'll be moving on, you know, um, and it's a, it's a cycle, you know. So those are the things that I, I focus on to also help me um, get through the tough times. I mean, like you, you had mentioned that you were, you know, when you were going through the pain and all of the disability, you had suicidal thoughts. And I had those thoughts when I was told my son wasn't going to live. Um, and, matter of fact, I tried to take my life when I was first told um, in December of 2011 that my son wasn't going to live. Uh, and then I uh, experienced the miracle um, he lived and I lived. So and and then I was just so thankful for that miracle. So when mm-hmm. it did, when he when he did pass in um, July of 2014, I had to just I was I had grown spiritually, um, so I I couldn't not not still be thankful for the miracle of having him survive and having him for three more years in my life. So that was. My number one focus, even when he passed, I was thankful for the extra three years I had with him. So um, that's I I think it's it's not easy, <laughs> you know. It's not easy. It's a, it's a moment to moment journey. It's a moment to moment reminding ourselves of what's real. Like you said, like you were saying, um, the thoughts that we have. How real are they? You know, if we're thinking no. negative thoughts, how real are those thoughts? You know, we have to really sometimes examine our thinking and take time to, um, you know, from moment to moment to, em- you know, embrace what we believe is true. And, th- and that's another thing I, I, I do realize, like we were talking about how um, – Healing and a spiritual journey is different for everyone. Um, also, people's belief systems are different. And mm-hmm. I'm one, I don't judge anybody's belief system. I, I personally, I don't subscribe to any one religion. I believe there's truth at the core of all religion because I believe love is at the core of all religion. And I believe love is the truth. And um, so whatever a person's belief system, um, whatever, you know, incorporate that in, in a healthy way in your life. You know, does it, I think a good question people can ask when they have thoughts that really bring them down, uh, a good question would be, is this thought serving me? You know, is this belief serving me? You know, really examine. I think that is a, a kind of a good step for people to take is to examine their thoughts, examine their beliefs, and ask, are those thoughts and are those beliefs really serving them? Now, I hope I can uh, stop you here because you, you just made so many comments and I just can't keep up. I just want to go back uh, and uh, sure. address a few things. It's just okay. like, there's, there's like one quote from Einstein that I like to that, that I like to reflect upon that Einstein once said God doesn't make mistakes. Or God no, he said God doesn't roll dice. When he meant by that they're like there is no mistakes. Things are happening for our benefit. We just don't know the divine plan behind these this item that's happening. And everything is just an experience. And the mind mm-hmm. is judging judging it whether it's good or bad. And once again we get back to those thoughts, is that real? But everything comes and goes. So we are just going to see what is here one moment, won't be here the next. It's like mm-hmm. these thoughts that we have, these words, they're here, they're gone. So that's where I have a hard time trying to keep up with some conversations because the words are here and gone. And that's how I actually mm-hmm. came up with the title of my book. Somebody was asking about what somebody talked about in one convention I went to, and I'm like, I don't remember. I don't dwell. I didn't take mm-hmm. any of those words and, and mold them over. I just let them go. It just passes mm-hmm. through. But sometimes we take these comments from people, 
like, oh, you're no good, and we constantly dwell on that. Oh, he says, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good, and we just become reinforcing thoughts. And we just have to let everything go and just see it's just an experience for this for this moment. That's all I love mm-hmm. to chime in with. Oh, yeah. And also, you, you also touched upon, very important, the non-judgment. Like you say, the thoughts and the... Um, I find, for me, a big part of my awakening is being non-judgmental of people in the sense that every I believe everybody is doing the best they can from their perspective. Everything is, you know, people are operating and saying things and doing things from their own perspective, and we really cannot see what their perspective is. And so I take that you know, non being non judgmental of others. Even I'm I may not do it myself. I may not think, oh, that wasn't quite nice, but I don't need to really put a judgment on it. Um I I have to understand that they're where they're at in their journey and also understanding that we are all divine. We're all divine light. We're all connected to the divine. So I have to I have to look for the divine in that other person, you know, and I have to honor the divine in that other person. So um, for me, as far as my words, if I have nothing nice to say, I don't say anything at all. You know, I and I, I also try to remember and to remain non, non-judgmental um, in my actions and in my words. So that that's also very important, I think. It's a, it's mm-hmm. um a lot of key things I think comes with um the awakening of humanity and I really do believe that humanity is going through an awakening process a uh, uh, evolution process and one of it one of course is um understanding that we are all connected we we are all one um that helps once we understand that we all connected we're all one the non-judgment comes into play because once you do really feel that and believe that in your heart, you will have compassion and love for that other person um, and and not be so judgmental of that other person. Um, so And also living in the moment, like you, you had mentioned that, um, the present moment. Truly, uh, Einstein said, uh, time is an illusion. Uh, albeit a very persistent one. <laughs> Love Einstein. Um, but what science has even pretty much proven that there truly, um, time is not linear, um, and really all there truly is is the here and now. This is my belief. Um, so in each moment we have, we can choose and we create from that present moment. The past is is not there and the future is not there. All that all we can experience is our present moment. So living more in the now, living more from this present moment. And um, I, when I first heard that, Eckhart Tolle, when I first read The Power of Now, I really thought about, wow, yeah, I'm always either worrying about the past or, or thinking about what happened in the past are worrying about the future, are, are imagining what the future could be, um, 90% of the time, if not more, my mind was always somewhere in the past or somewhere in the future. It wasn't in the now. And when you're not in the now, you're not experiencing that that now moment. It's You're, you're kind of missing it. You're missing the boat. <laughs> when you're, you're, yeah, so I, I start... Oh, the Power mm-hmm. of Now, that's really brief for the Power of Now. When I looked at mm-hmm. The Power of Now, I thought it was a great book, but the only thing I saw that was really missing from the book was the how-to steps. That's really mm-hmm. what I wanted to differentiate my book was I wanted to put all my steps into it. My book would be mm-hmm. the same as The Power of Now, but I put how-to steps in it. That's how I separate myself. It's just, yeah, it's nice. This, these are nice words, but how do you do that? How do you keep yourself here in the moment? That's one of the important details I've seen missing in a lot of spiritual books. They give these nice-sounding mm-hmm. stories and theories, but they don't tell you how. 
So we right. also we use, we need to use lessons like how do we do it? I have like fifteen to sixteen practices in my book of like not just meditation, but how to be mindful, how to go through uh-huh. the world, how to be, handle with multitasking, how to handle uh-huh. all these things, and just how to do it because I lived it. I lived through right. all this stuff, and I didn't have the real sense of oneness until I saw. Literally, that I was one with everything. Wherever I walked, I couldn't separate myself. And more, mm-hmm. by the way, that's very confusing to live in that state of oneness constantly. And I couldn't right. really function properly until a sense of Sam came back. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. confusion. Yes, yes, I, I do. I understand what you're saying there. Um, uh, it's good to know, like to know that we are one with everything, but to to always be in that state of oneness. It would be kind of hard to um, operate in this uh, physical realm, if you know. So I do understand what you're saying there. But the good thing, because you experience that state of oneness, you know that we're we're all literally one, and um, it really came true for. Our, um, it really was clear to me after watching what the bleep. <laughs> I'm like, and when. That's when it just clicked for me, and it's gonna. And I do understand what you're saying about the how, but also I keep in mind um, when you speak about the how, I keep in mind that everybody processes everything differently. So, like you said, what worked for you? Um, if someone did those exact same steps, it may not work for them exactly the same way because everybody kind of processes things differently. But it's great because you're sharing your story and how it, what worked for you, that's what you can do. And kind of what the same thing I'm doing with the radio show is sharing what worked for me because that's all, you know, by sharing our stories, you know, not everybody's going to relate to them, but... Um, so people will. Some people will relate to them and be able to um, relate enough where they can take bits and pieces and make it work for them in their lives. So I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And it's, the how is, is just a, giving. Yeah. The how is just to give you an idea how it works for me. It's going to work slightly different from you, but it can at least give you at least a template to use, mm-hmm. and you just modify the template to to serve your needs. So that's exactly. all it is. It's a bunch of templates. And so a lot of these books are missing the templates. They just give mm-hmm. these nice sounding stories but with no templates. And you uh, sort of get a little you, lost, a little frustrated. Right. It gives you a starting point, a, a jumping off place. Well, I, saw, I find um, Eckhart Tolle um, and uh, Neil Donald Walsh's experiences and, and authors like them, their experiences so, they had such a profound spiritual experience that um, is rare. It's so rare. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like Eckhart Tolle just went to sleep. He was just very, very um, down one night and kind of in, and it was just all made made known to him. And the same thing like with Neil Donald Walsh, um, his higher self, his soul self, his God self just started talking to him and he started taking dictations. So these are, I think, are very rare the um I, I kinda I follow what you're saying. Um experience. Yeah, mine is like, also yeah, mine was also rare because I just heard perfect yes. spirit and that shifted me. What Ecratoli yes. heard in his head was who's he says, I can't live with myself and then he asked himself, mm. Who's the I I can't live with? And that shifted mm. him. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And then then Neil Donald Walsh, I can relate to that because I mm-hmm. did that for my second book that I'm writing. I was on a flight to New Orleans, and this voice was just talking to me the whole time. So I was just writing for the four-hour flight down and the four-hour flight back up. This voice was dictating me. I would ask a question, and it would respond in a female voice. I really thought wow. I was living conversations with God. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think because, like um, it said in the like uh, Neil Donald Walsh's book in the very beginning, he God talks to everyone. It's just who listens. Now, I, I honestly, I have heard not audibly, but in in a meditative state, things have been um, my spirit kind of resonated certain things to me. I didn't hear it audibly. It was more of an internal voice not an external voice um, about oneness 
and about how all paths lead to God. And and so I have gotten messages um, from my um, meditative state, state, but I haven't heard anybody audibly. I think if I did hear it audibly, I'd be like jumping. Who who's in the house? You know. Um, but like like Neil did when he first heard heard um, his higher self, his God self speaking to him. So. Um, this is true that God does, I believe, speak to all of us. Our, our, yeah, I, have, our God I, have, I have a funny, yeah, I have a funny yeah, story in that voice. That mm-hmm. when I heard that voice, perfect spirit, I heard it at the right time. If I heard it any other time, I'd be like, oh, I'm going schizophrenic, and made a doctor with my psychiatrist, making an appointment with my psychiatrist. But that just hearing that voice, I just realized that, and it just hit me. I, I, if I if I heard that voice a few years earlier. I would just thought it's time for a psychiatrist appointment. And that's what some okay. people do. You don't know what you're, you're hearing these voices. Am I hearing voices? But luckily I had that, that deep, deep knowing that followed it that all as well. Right. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, your experience with your healing, with the Kundalini um, healing? Because um, I have heard about those types of healings. Um, you were saying you it it. Um, was more like a warmth feeling. Can you share oh, a little was, bit more was, about that? Yeah, let me explain a little bit more about the kundalini. What the theory is of kundalini, when a baby, is, when a child is conceived, the kundalini descends to the top of the head and manifests the human body. Then as it's creating the body, as it's descending from the crown, then it sits at the base of the spine and remains dormant. So when the theory is when kundalini arises, this energy that manifests with this child goes back out through the crown of the head. Then once this kundalini leaves, then there's another energy that comes down and just resides in the heart space. So not like kundalini is awakened, now I have this new energy come into the heart space. And this is mm-hmm. the place of this unconditional love. But when I came, when I was dealing with the kundalini, there was no one in my area. I just saw, I didn't know what was going on. I was extremely hot. I'd be laying in bed sweating. It could be middle of winter. And I would just feel like, it just like I was constantly being struck by lightning. It was just this really powerful force. Mm-hmm. But I figured, well, this can't be any worse than MS. I'm just going through this for a reason. Because I was guided to do a specific meditation. Here, do this now. And so I did. Right. It's just one of these things I did. And one of the things I talk about in my book is like all the mystical experiences I had with the Kundalini when I was awakened. Awakening. Mm-hmm. All these things were just happening to me that I couldn't explain. Luckily, I, I heard one teacher give a talk, Jack O'Keefe, and I'm like, oh, I can relate to this. Jack O'Keefe was doing ghost hunting or something she was doing. I didn't know what she was doing, but she was having all these mystical experiences too. And it was a, a teacher I could relate to that I wasn't going crazy. But I just saw mm-hmm. that afterwards, like, oh, so these, this, these two experiences do happen to others. And what happens right. is, and the spiritual journey, different faculties wake up within you. Some people hear hear things. Some people sense things. Some people sense things. Some people taste things. They get certain tasting amounts. Something's going to happen. And so they just get these senses. These different senses wake up for each person. That's why some are mediums. That's why some are like tarot readers. All these different right. skills will sort of wake up. And these are just spiritual gifts. I have many right. gifts, but I don't practice them. They're just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. I believe that um, we are all psychic to a degree, but certain people have developed their gifts um, much more, and certain people are born with certain um, spiritual gifts. Um, but I believe we are all—we all have some psychic ability, um, but we don't, like we say, we don't he, like we don't listen to our our spirit when our when God is talking to us and we don't develop or don't use our spiritual gifts um as we should. Um and the other thing I love that you talked about is how you didn't have a teacher. This kinda all kinda came to you um and you kinda went through this whole healing process yourself, which um I I believe is we all have that ability. I believe that everything we need um, for our own personal healing is can come from within. I do um, believe uh, authors and speakers and all of these um, 
wonderful spiritual teachers can inspire us. And that's why I always say the mission of this show is to inspire, because I believe true knowing comes from inside, within our soul. But we can inspire that. We can inspire that awakening in others. So I I love the um, empowerment aspect of your teaching, because I I also um, like to share that with people to be empowered, to not not feel that they have to go out and find a guru or find, you know, um, that they, they can also find, they can find what they need within. They have it within them because we right. all everybody has this, Yeah, everyone has yeah. a voice within, but usually the mind is too noisy. But you can just look yeah. at mother's intuition. They sort of have, like, eyes behind their head. They know what their kids are doing without even looking at them. They can just say right. right. Barbara, you can see that. You can just look at this mother's intuition as a psychic ability. That you right. know what's going on with your kids. And you know when your kid's getting hurt, you just have this sense like, oh, what happened to Johnny? Let me go Let me go check on him. Right. Right. That also shows, because uh, we're all connected too. So in someone you're very, very connected to, um, have a, a great deal of love for like a child, and that child could be a thousand miles away. Whether it, when I say a child, it could be an adult child. But it, it, um, there's many, many stories of how an adult was hurt um, thousands of miles away, but the mother knew it and had to call, you know, that child to to make sure that child was okay. Um, because there's a, that connection that we have, and you definitely feel that connection when there's a lot of love between those two people. So yeah, it's it's so true. Every you know that perfect spirit, and I love when you say perfect spirit because I believe we are three parts: we're spirit, mind, and body. And I believe we are perfect. And it's it's what what um is what we imagine to be imperfect is what causes our ailment. You know, because um, we imagine it not to be perfect, but we are ultimately spirit, divine light, which is perfect. And when we know that and embrace that, then we have a healthy mind and we have a healthy body. I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, And uh, that perfect spirit is a beautiful um, voice that you heard that was beautiful because that helped you to, to awaken to the truth within you, which healed your body. Which is is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so so I, never give up. Never give up hope. You know. Yes. Yeah. For a while there, I was I felt so hopeless for a while because I, mm-hmm. I was stuck. But once I took those first initial steps, those little baby steps, you just never know what's going to happen. Once we take action, usually we get stuck in our misery. I know I was definitely stuck in my misery, like wondering what else is going to go wrong. But once I was able to stop that, then the healing could begin. Because I wasn't reinforcing that belief that I was meant to suffer, especially with a life of misery. Mm-hmm. Now, um, tell us more about your second book. Um, do you have a title for that book? That's yes, coming I out? do. Well, okay. I still, I'm still in the process of transcribing it and trying to fill mm-hmm. in some gaps, and that's what I'm doing right now. This is a law mm-hmm. of attraction book. And the, okay. the title that I'm probably coming up with is probably Prosperity Soup. Mm, okay. Prosperity yeah, because, Soup. I like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a matter of, like, what ingredients are we bringing in to manifest what we want? You know, we're, life is a constant. We're grabbing ingredients. This serves me. This doesn't serve me. So you just pull in the ingredients that you want, and you take out the ingredients that don't that you don't want. So everything is just... Everything is like an ingredient that we just sort of mix into this soup of our liking. Everybody has different mm-hmm. tastes, so you just got to pull in your ingredients. Mhm. I like what you said, too. Um, does it serve me? Yeah, that's a good question, I think, for people to start asking when it comes to their thoughts and their beliefs. Does that thought or does that belief serve me? That's very, very good. And um, so this second book is basically kind of like the Conversations with God books where you are transcribing this from your your spirit, C- correct? Right. It's, that's exactly what it is. And the, the, it was 
given to me as the build onto the secret, like an advanced understanding of the secret. So the build mm-hmm. on those initial concepts into the next level per se. It's a much now, deeper understanding. And what it does for with what's a little bit different with this book, it tells you how to get into the quantum space. That's where everything is manifested from, this quantum space where our, everything is just a particle and they're just waves. And how you get these mm-hmm. waves to move into what you want, into what you want to manifest. Awesome. Because I did now I do have the D V D the secret and I do I think it was a very good starting point. But I do agree with you when um the secret to me did not have enough how to. You know, um I I was I left this after watching the secret I felt a little like there was too many steps missing. And um yeah. when so I had seen the secret first, and then I saw what the bleep. So what the bleep for me answered what was missing in the secret for me. Mm-hmm. But everybody, yeah. everybody's different that way, you know. That, but I, I did feel like after I watched what the secret. I mean, not what the secret. After I watched the secret, I left the secret with more questions <laughs> than mm-hmm. okay. I need more. I need more. It's it didn't answer my you know. I needed more, but the, what the bleep did kind of answer those questions that I had after that. That is awesome. Yeah. I am so, yeah, because one, so, one of the chapters, yeah, one of the chapters in that book is painting with the light. The light is all these quantum particles. So how do you paint what you want in the world? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, that's a rather profound teaching in that chapter. Oh wow! And do you know when the book might be out? Have um, any idea? I just have to. I just have to really focus on that. And there's just mm-hmm. too many balls in mm-hmm. the air, and just trying to figure it out because okay. I really want to get out to the world and give people okay. hope that they don't have to suffer. So I would like to do right. that by the fall or the end of the year, but I'm just not quite sure because I really want to focus my attention on public speaking and just see, mm-hmm. let people know that they are not hopeless, that right. the suffering is there for a reason. Use it as your tool to get out of the mind. I had to become sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sick and tired, yes. Change. Yes, that's true. That's, that is so true what you just said. Well, it is, we are actually down <laughs> to the end of the hour. It goes by so quickly because I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> connected with you, and I'm so thankful. Next weekend, I will be in L.A. for the first time. Um, uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith invited me to be his special guest at the um, celebration in L.A. this coming weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. So I will be in L.A., and I am so honored that you were here this evening with us. And hopefully I want everybody to check out your website, which is don'tdwell.org, and check out the book. I am definitely buying a copy of your book for my daughter, and hopefully when you have a chance to meet my daughter, you can uh, autograph the book for her. Personally, yeah, I'm looking I would forward love to meeting that. her. That would be uh, awesome. I'm also looking forward to speaking to the Pocono Spiritual Group. I really do yes. want to share my message out there. And I have my YouTube yes. videos, and I really need to make more YouTube videos because I had the same problem that you had. No one believes that you can cure migraines. Well, it's even harder exactly. for me when I reversed five. So you can't feel like yes. believe in miracles and say yes, but then you tell my story and they look at you like there's no way. Right. People, that this <laughs> is true. But... Uh, we are going, coming down to the hour, and I know when it gets close like this, I don't want the uh, Blog right. Talk Radio just to cut us off. So I will say good night and thank you, and have a one. Thank you, and have a wonderful Memorial Weekend. I keep forgetting that it is Memorial Weekend already. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thank you so much. And we, you and I will definitely be in contact very soon. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Okay, good night. Good night. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.